is going on? What is going on, guys? Hey, welcome back to another podcast episode of You Know What It Is, Car Sales 101. We're going to go with a radio voice, a little bit of the sexy voice, really. But anyways, not the show, guys. Um, I think this episode 63, maybe? 63? Anyways, if it's not 63, it's 64. So you've got 62, 63 more episodes before this that you really need to listen to if you are just now starting in the car business or if you're in the car business and you just need a little bit of refresher, man, just go back and listen to the previous episodes because I'm telling you, probably not the elite, most elite content, but I'm telling you, I tell you all for real how it is and just what I'm going through in the car business, it's real shit. It's not somebody that's sitting outside the car business that you know has been training for 10 or 15 years even if i was training for 10 or 15 years man i would sit there and i would literally i would interview people and kind of get into their heads and see what's going on in the car business because i think sometimes you know all right when when people train that haven't been in the car business they see what they saw five years ago and and if they're not staying up to date with stuff then they're not staying up, up to date with the, what actual training is. But don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things that are set normal and set in standard in sales that just typically aren't gonna change because it's people business. But it's just one of those things where I've seen, I've seen personally people come in that were trainers that are just so out of touch with you know, the reality of selling cars or just even the business itself. So anyways, long story short, guys, I think if you listen to my podcast, um, it'll help you out. Um, I don't know if it's going to make you the most elite. I hope it will because I think that's you know what we try we try to strive for an excellence. Even in the position I am in, I try to strive for excellence. But you know it's one of those things where I need to have somebody that's coaching and mentoring me too. So I do listen to podcasts, I read books, I try to enlighten myself, make myself educated. So don't stop with just me. Uh, think above me, think beyond me, think about books that you can read. Um, I'm reading Can't Hurt Me Right Now, if those of y'all are following me. So, anyways, um, real quick, how do you you want to connect with me? You can connect with me on Facebook. Um, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. I I think I'm the only one out there. On on Instagram, at TNC Dad, uh, 2728. Please hit me up because I'm trying to grow that uh, platform. And then the very last one is going to be LinkedIn, Tony, in parentheses, Anthony, last name, story okay the very last thing is make sure if y'all are listening to this whatever platform you're on please guys i'm asking for a five-star review i know they kind of suck i've left five-star reviews for many for many 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 podcasts please leave me a five-star review and just say something nice about it because what happens is if somebody's looking for a car sales podcast and uh, they need to find this in the ranking. And I don't know how iTunes al- algorithms work, but I know I show up in usually the top two if you type in car sales. So once again, I appreciate y'all. For, I mean, I, li- I literally read all the reviews. So I really, really, tre- pre- truly appreciate y'all. So what do y'all want to talk about? What is this podcast going to be about for y'all? So what I got, like I said, when y'all hit me up, those of y'all that have hit me up, I always ask y'all, what's on your mind? Don't be afraid to hit me up. And so I think it's Joe Soyos. If I pronounced it wrong, please let me know. Uh, S-O-Y-O-S. Um, he hit me up on Facebook, so follow him. He's already currently in his one-year journey of selling cars. And so, anyways, the question he asked me um, is about CSI. And so now that you know we've kind of moved past of selling the cars and delivering the vehicle, 
um, he asked me a couple questions on the CSI. So here's the thing. I work for Infinity. They actually have one of the higher CSI scores that I've ever seen, um, 965. They hang around the 960 mark, which is typically very high. Now, I don't know how each question in the survey holds its weight, um, and they're very, very persistent, or how do I put this? They're very, the surveys mean a lot to them. So email address, IP address, whatever it may be, those are very key to them, okay? I'm, I'm of that nature and I'm of that likings where I think you should earn a survey, you shouldn't have to pay for it, whether it be through, you know, free gas, weather mats, uh, window tent, whatever it may be, you shouldn't have to pay for a survey, you should have to, you should be able to earn a survey. So if you're paying for surveys, I think that's the wrong approach, I think you should earn it. But he says his, his surveys are typically very good, he doesn't have a problem, um, it's just, you know, with his Hyundai money or whatnot. That's what usually it might cost him some money. If I'm wrong, please let me know, Joe. I just don't know for sure. But the one thing is, is he asked of different things, you know, he could do to uh, get a better survey. So you need, first of all, need to know what your survey is. Know what the questions are. Find out exactly what those questions are, okay? Now, there are going to be um, some surveys that ask that if you're coached, you need to make sure that your customer knows that, the, that, that if that survey asks that question, let them know not to be coached. But as you get that survey, you need to go through that survey with the customer. Say, hey, look, you're going to be asked these particular questions. This survey weighs very heavily upon me. It could cost me a lot of money if I don't get a good survey. And don't be afraid to say that because the customer should know that. But, you know, I, I hope that I've done everything to earn a good survey. Now, I'm of that nature where I won't sell a car if I know I'm going to get a bad survey. Just to let y'all know, if I know the customer is going to burn me on a survey, first of all, I'm going to see if that survey is going to get lost. If it doesn't get lost, I'm going to make sure I don't sell them a car. Because there, there's those type of customers that will burn you on a survey, and I just I don't want to sit there and even sell them a car. Because I don't want to deal with them later on down the road. So that's just how I feel about surveys. But the other thing is, is when you're giving that survey, one of the key things is, is he said it during, the, during his um, private message, okay, that he asked, um, there's dead time <laughs> during when the customer agrees to it and to when the customer goes into finance. Now, anybody that works at a dealership that I've ever been at, and I'm, I'm a sales manager or I'm a GSM there or whatnot, the thing is, is I make my finance managers go out there and make a turn to reset the clock on the customer because it's all about clocks. It's all about times with a customer. You know, customer says it took me an hour and a half to buy a car, but all honesty, was it set in 30 minute increments? Oh, it took me 30 minutes to get into finance. When I was in finance, it took me 30 minutes to do my paperwork. And those are the things, those clocks need to be reset. Now, if you're on a busy day or if you know your finance managers take a little bit longer, during that time frame, if the car isn't cleaned yet, or if you know you're make ready and they're pretty fast or whatnot, I highly recommend that you start doing a pre-delivery on the customer if they're going into finance. The reason why is it takes more mental ownership of the vehicle. Not only does it take more mental ownership of the vehicle, but you should have already presented some of the product to the customer, and then they should know that they, they're going to have a lot of electronics, so on and so forth. But when you do a pre-delivery on the customer, it even helps them take even more ownership of the vehicle. So what that means is that they're going to sit there, and they're going to see all those little cool little gadgets. So when they get into finance, you know you can increase the profit margin on the car that you sold, 
because at that point in time, they're going to be like, well, he told me I got this. He told me I got that. Okay. So whenever you sell the car, if you know, telling you, write this down or make a huge mental note of this. If you sell a car and you know that you're going to have your finance department is slow or you're on a day where it's busy, please start the pre-delivery. I can tell you one thing that um, Nissan does really good or Infinity does is they have iCarX. They have a iCarX delivery. So you can do the app, you can deliver do the delivery on the iPad before they go into finance. So it's a really cool thing. It's an actually it's weighted very heavily in the money that uh, Infinity pays out at the end of the, uh, the month or end of the quarter. So those are the, that's one of the main things that I've noticed. But the other thing is, is whenever you do sell a car, this starts back from the very beginning, okay? You need to follow the uh, 10 steps to the cell, 11 steps to the cell, whatever it may be, you need to follow those steps to the cell. Now, before I go any further, guys, you know about what time it is. You know, you know, you know that it's that time where I'm going to sit there and I'm going to sponsor my Anchor app because I need to make that little $10, that $5. I need to get paid, guys. So, hey, like I told you, whoever is starting out in the car business, if you just started out in the car business or you've been in the car business for a while, somebody wants to listen to your journey. I'm telling you right now, I was nervous as shit. Y'all can listen to my podcast before this. I'm telling you, I was nervous as fuck. I sit there and I ummed and I hummed a lot and I would sit there and get lost in my conversation and my thought. I have narrowed it down a little bit, but you know as well as I do, I'm probably going to take a week off at the end of the month, every month, because I got to I got to regain my mind. I, I literally get worn out at the end of every month because I, I feel like I put it all, I put it my, I put everything online and it's just one of those things. But guys, if you're starting off in this journey, record video, YouTube, whatever it may be. It doesn't even have to be an anchor. I'm telling you, record yourself record your journey because you're going to look back at it and I, and the one thing i notice now now that i do a podcast i, I look back on some of my podcasts and i'm like man you know i made a podcast over that i need to hold myself accountable and actually do what i do what i do what i say and that's the things guys it's one of those things that just kind of holds yourself even more accountable so anyways guys give me one minute listen to this anchor anchor app uh, uh sponsor and i'll be right back with y'all all right, guys, I'm back. So this is one of the key ways to earn a good CSI score, okay? You know, I've talked about transparency. I talked about the 10, 11 steps to the cell, whatever may, whatever your dealership decides on doing. But one of the key elements, one of the key elements is following the steps to the cell. The reason why is if you let the customer control the whole entire process, the problem is with doing that, the customer thinks that they know how to buy a car much much like whenever you sit there and you go into a dentist office if you go into the dentist office and you tell them no we're not going to do the the cleaning first uh, we're going to do or we're not going to do an x-ray first we're going to clean then we're going to do the x-ray or we're going to sit there and we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to fill this cavity in uh, and then we're going to clean afterwards if you don't if you're doing shit out of order in a dentist office or if you're getting a surgery done and you do shit out of order it fucks up everything. It takes more time. Things don't happen in a timely manner. The same thing goes in the car business. You know how to make the customer follow your path. Now, is every customer going to follow that path? No. But if you know that you're on this path, like you know that next I need to do this, and the customer say, hey, Mr. Customer, I'm very professional in the way I do business, and um, I know most of my customers 
who follow who followed the guy the way and and know I and the way I know how to sell cars usually end up buying the the car that they want. They usually end up getting what the, the payment. Everything falls falls in line as long as as long as you follow the path that I, that I, I set before you. And that and that's one of the key things. If you sit there and you let a customer control everything, for instance, if you sit there and the customer comes in and you put them on the most expensive vehicle and then you end up selling them two levels down, there's more than likely you're going to get a chance you're going to get a bad survey. So whereas, you know, if you wouldn't have let them go out into that candy store and you would have put them on the right vehicle from their very get-go, they would have found that vehicle within their budget. And that's one of the key things I really, really push for is the steps to the sell. I push for the fact that when you, when you teach the customer the process in which they need to buy the car, it helps out tenfolds. It makes the purchase a whole lot smoother. It makes um, the negotiations a lot faster. I'm not saying it's like a bell curve. <clears throat> anything in the car business or anything in any kind of industry that involves sales, there's a bell curve. There's about 10 to 15, maybe even 20 20%, all depends on what industry you're in. But about 10 to 20% of your customers are going to buy anything you throw at them. You're going to sell it at an MSRP, you're going to hold a little bit on the trade, and you're going to make money on that customer. It usually is going to be the best server you're ever going to get. But that, that being said, <clears throat> that customer is going to, uh, there's going to be 20% like that. Then there's another 20% who aren't going to buy shit from you. And if they do, they're going to burn you on a survey. They're going to be unhappy with you. They're going to want all this free shit. And that's just the bottom, you know, 20 to 10%. And then in between there, you're going to have, you know, that 60%. That you're just going to have to work. You're going to teach them how to, how to, how to buy a car, so on and so forth. And that's just those, that's that percentage that you have to have. So with that being said, the best way for me to for me to tell you to earn a survey is to do it the right way. Sell the car to the customer the right way, and don't and don't let the customer dictate how the process is going to be done. And I don't mean that in a mat beaten bat bad way, like the customer doesn't know what they're doing. The customer typically knows what they're doing, but you know better what you're doing because you know the product better, you know the process better, you know what it takes to get from point A to point B because you've done it so many times. And that's one of the easier ways to get a survey, but. The very last thing is, is don't be afraid to ask for a survey. Um, I know so many of us in the car business, in the car industry, we're so hesitant to ask for a survey. When a customer, whenever I go to a business or an industry now, or I'm sitting there and I buy something from somebody, I ask them, hey, will this, <clears throat> we have a survey at the end of this um, sale. Yeah, I'll have a survey. I said, I'm gonna give you a perfect survey, just let me know when it comes in or whatnot, and I'll promise you to get a good survey. Because any of us that have, you know, got a bad survey, you don't want to do that to somebody else. No matter how bad <clears throat> you hated them or you hated their manager, not not them, but how bad you hated their manager or whatnot. You know, if you feel like they literally earned a good survey, do that. Take care of them. But do that for the customer. Tell them, hey, look, you're going to get a survey in the mail, whether it be in the mail or their computer, and they're going to sit there and they're going to ask a few questions. With those few questions... This is the way. Uh, this is the way we should answer them for me to get a perfect survey. Now, if I didn't earn those uh, answers, please let me know now. That way, I can take care of it right now, and you know, make sure to call them after they leave. Don't be afraid to say, "Hey, I just want to touch base with you," um, and make sure your emails. Make sure you have about three emails lined up. Not asking for a good survey. <clears throat> well, obviously, asking for a good survey. Because with Infinity, they get two surveys. They get a um, alert survey, 
which is three questions, and make sure that they know this, and then they get another survey after that. When you do this, you know that they need to be preempted for it. <clears throat> and that's one of the things. You need to tell your, your customers how, what the surveys are going to be, how many questions are going to be. For instance, Infinity, like I told you, they do a, a little quick, quick pulse, I think is what it's called. They send a three-question survey out. The three-question survey will get sent back to the dealership, and the dealership will sit there and then go, oh, okay, um, I, I didn't know that, you know, um, I thought that was a survey. The other thing is you need to tell them to check their spam folder because there's sometimes you don't get a survey. You knew for 100% you were going to get a 1,000-point survey. So those are some of the key points in getting a good survey. You need to, But the main key point is you really need to earn that survey. You need to do everything you can to earn that survey, provide the best customer service. If you're sitting there and you're on your phone and you're doing a delivery, that's not good customer service. If you're sitting there and you know you don't answer their questions, you don't sit there and point them out where the bathroom is, you don't provide the most elite customer service to that itself, to that to that customer, then you're going to get the survey that's going to correlate with it. So guys, I can't tell you enough. Um, I think I'm at the end of this because I can't really think of much more of what's on my mind. But I actually do have a whole lot of time left. Not really. Probably have about another two minutes left or more. I don't know. Let me think. It's about 600 bars. 600 bars. 22 minutes. Probably got about six more minutes left. Actually, a little bit more than that. 500. No, actually, I have about six more minutes left. But anyways, those are the key ways that I know that you should earn a survey. And don't be afraid to ask for it. I'm telling you guys, the more you chicken out and you don't ask for that survey, the more you're going to get bad surveys. I think a 1,000 points or whatever, it's 100 points, whatever you manufacturer you work for, <clears throat> it's great to strive for that. But the other thing is I put it in my pay plan. So here's one of the things I did with my pay plan. They used to get a um, $200 for a good survey. Well, I upped that ante because a good survey is not hard to get. A thousand points on a survey is hard to get. And so what I do is I, t I put it in the pay plan that they had to get a thousand points to get the survey because the, the CSI obviously correlates to the fact that they get paid their back end too. Same thing goes for the iCarX delivery, but I made it more of a team effort. So, you know, make sure you know your pay plan too when it goes into, you know, the uh, surveys. Um, usually it's a 90 day rolling average is what I base mine off of um, because I think it's something that you need to strive for. Um, and if you're selling a lot of new cars, you really need to sit there and you need to work on getting good surveys. If you only sell a couple new cars, obviously good surveys are not that big of a concern for you, but even then, it's just one of those things. It's that extra level that you provide. And you'll get paid, you, you will get paid handsomely for you. You will be rewarded handsomely for that. So guys, I don't have too much more, but once again, you know where to connect with me on. Don't be afraid to. I appreciate, you know, uh, Joe for connecting with me, asking with me. Because I really, I had a topic in mind, but these are one of those topics that I really don't think about because there's things that you overlook in the, in the car business that you're kind of immune to or you're kind of numb to that sometimes, you know, that really need to be hit on that are more of a concern for you as a salesperson um, than me because obviously I have different um, things on my mind and stuff like that. So like I said, please reach out to me. And then I got Mark, man. Uh, I can't, I don't want to pronounce his last name. I know he lives in Pennsylvania because it sounds like one of those Pennsylvania names because I got family from Pennsylvania. Um, but it's, um, 
it's one of those things. Are you, Mark, are you from Pennsylvania? I don't know. Anyways, if, if, here's the deal. Um, he hits me up and he's has, he's has a couple questions, you know, podcasts over pay plans and, you know, how to call that, how to call that customer that you didn't sell a car to that's, that another dealership sold them. You know, those are a couple things. I think those are done like more on my little short podcast. Um, but guys, you know, please don't be afraid to hit me up. I actually enjoy it. And like I told you, if you live in the Houston area and you want me to hit you up and you want me to interview you, I would love to, love to, definitely love to. I'm really excited I'm about because I had a couple of people leave the dealership. A couple of them weren't selling cars. One of them we had to let him go. Another one he got uh, broke into. But I'm hiring four new salespeople. Two of them I'm extremely excited about because I think they're going to make a lot of uh, uh, headway at the dealership and they're more customer orientated than most uh, people in the car business. But guys, don't forget this could be the hardest five figure business or the easiest six figure. It's what you make it. And we all win when we all win. So make sure you're taking this information and you're sharing it with everybody. Don't keep this, your information, keeping it to yourself is not job security. You're eventually gonna wear yourself out of a business. But guys, you know I love y'all. Connect with me on Facebook, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. Instagram, at TNT Dad 2728 LinkedIn, Tony, in parentheses, Anthony, last name, Story. Hit me up with any questions you got, any concerns, any ideas for a podcast. I promise you, I will share information with people. I've had a couple of y'all hit me up, and I've shared stuff with you. I'm not afraid to share information. I love you guys, and you know how I end my podcast with you. How does it go? Can y'all say it for me? Peace. Hey.